0: Join host Gene Marks in our Paychecks Business Series podcast as he talks with real business owners and experts about real issues, including business innovation, navigating the road to recovery, and finding ways to thrive in the future. From politicians to marketing gurus and social media experts, we've got great guests such as Rich Rowell, Vice President of Small Business at Facebook, Meredith Schmidt, Executive Vice President, General Manager of Salesforce Essentials, and SMB at Salesforce, former 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang, and more. Listen and subscribe at paychecks.com slash business series. Welcome guys. Hello. And it's time for this week's episode of the inside line formula one podcast. Kunal, the Canadian Grand Prix, what a chaotic race it was.
1: Yes, a very chaotic race for everyone but the eventual race winner, Lewis Hamilton.
0: (laughs) That's true. In fact, speaking of chaotic, 2017 has been such a chaotic season for our favourite driver, Max Verstappen. He's had three DNFs out of seven races. And he says he's sick and fed up. Oh, guy.
1: (laughs) Actually, not just that. Uh, he's. He said that he's even worried for Red Bull Racing and for himself for 2018. So, Ouch. matters just escalated too quickly from Canada to 2018 altogether.
0: I'll tell you something interesting. So, Kunal, Max Verstappen has three did-not-finishes this year. And that puts him in the same league as Ericsson, Van Doon and Lance Stroll. So, these are the <laughs> other drivers on the grid with three DNFs this season.
1: Trust Mithila to find out such interestingly exciting figures. And You're
0: welcome.
1: <laughs> by that logic, it means that uh, Max Verstappen has gone from being in the league of Sebastian Vettel and Michael Schumacher to now in the not so illustrious league of <laughs> backmarker drivers. But uh, frankly, he is right in being worried because Renault has just said that their next big engine upgrade is planned only in 2018.
0: Right, so in this week's... Episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. We're going to look beyond Canada, guys. We're going to express our disappointment with Daniel Ricciardo, and we're going to wonder whether Force India could have acted wiser.
1: We also talk about how Alonso brought the Indy car to Formula One, and how the new owners are bringing the fun back to Formula One.
0: Yes, and Robert Kubica, we're hoping for a heroic comeback.
1: Also, should uh, McLaren consider Renault, and if. Alonso should consider Williams. So, do remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and on Audio Boom for your weekly dose of Formula 1 humour.
0: So, back to the Red Bull racing cars, Daniel Ricciardo's reaction after Canada was exactly opposite of that of Max Verstappen. <laughs> Obviously, Ricciardo's got three podiums in a row, so his smile could not be any brighter. Uh, But Ricciardo said that having the Mercedes engine would be scary because there would be just so much power. I can't believe a racing driver (laughs) is saying that.
1: Uh, But yeah, actually Ricciardo did get lucky in Canada in my view. He should absolutely thank Sergio Perez for that podium of his.
0: (laughs) That's it. I'm quite annoyed with him, Kunal. I was hoping he'd debut a new party trick. But he returned with the Shoei again.
1: (laughs) It was the X-Men return of the Shoei. That was the version of the movie that was playing out.
0: It was hilarious. And I think the Shoei got the best ever response from Patrick Stewart. So Patrick Stewart said that this is my first time on the podium. I will drink from anyone's shoe. (laughs) (laughs) What a sport.
1: Yeah, and uh, for India, I'm going to go back to saying that they should have acted wiser. They should have told Sergio Perez to swap with Esteban Ocon and uh, not literally ask him. And the difference here is they should have told him, not asked him. Because from what I remember, and I've heard the radio messages again, is Force India actually engaged in a round of high speed negotiations with Perez on the car radio.
0: And it gets even funnier because Perez, you know, he was acting like this diplomat. And even at those speeds, he was talking to the uh, pit wall and he said, you know, please guys, let us race. (laughs) He used the word please.
1: So if I were Force India, I'd be very pissed with Sergio Perez because it was a selfish move that cost the team uh, a podium. And uh, let's remember, for teams like Force India, podiums don't come ever so often. And uh, while they are way ahead in fourth place, what's the harm in cementing that place further?
0: Though by not letting Ocon through, Perez has inched even closer to Max Verstappen in the Drivers' Championship, if Verstappen wasn't upset enough. And obviously, Perez would not have wanted that the team's first podium of 2017 goes to his rookie teammate. You know, that would have been a shame for Perez in his negotiations with a top team. And Kunal, I'm just remembering that even Nico Hulkenberg, while he was with Perez, he never got a podium. So, you know, Perez is used to being the only podium-winning driver of the team.
1: Well, that is true.
0: Do, isn't it good that a team didn't use team orders? Because Kunal, you are the one person who is usually always against the use of team (laughs) orders.
1: Yes, I am usually against team orders. But in this case, I didn't suggest that Force India use Ferrari type of team orders. Uh, I suggested that they use a swap and swap back, if at all. And by that, what I actually mean is... Perez could have given that position to Ocon to try and see if Ocon could overtake Ricciardo. Okay. And if not, Ocon would have given the position back to Perez. And, and some part of me makes me wonder, did Sergio Perez somewhere know that Ocon had the speed to overtake Ricciardo for the podium? And that's why he did not let him go.
0: But Kunal Perez got there first and he was chasing Ricciardo for laps. So I think that's what was going on in his head.
1: Yes, and that's exactly why... Perez should have let Ocon through because Perez was trying it for laps at end and he could not do it by his own admission. And uh, let's remember, Force India's strategy put Ocon in contention for the podium. But it was their indecisiveness in using team orders that actually cost Ocon that very podium. And uh, anyway, I just find this very selfish of Perez. But of course, this isn't new to Formula 1. But I personally believe Force India could have absolutely handled this better because they did say post-race that we'll ensure we work towards getting the best team result. But it's a good problem of plenty that Force India have, a problem that usually only top teams have had in Formula 1.
0: Wow Kunal, you really don't stop talking when you start talking about Force India. <laughs> <laughs> so Vijay Malaya, the team owner of Force India, he said that if Force India is given their fair share of money, they could do even better. And here's another funny statistic. Vijay Malia has more followers on Twitter than Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) He's so weird.
1: (laughs) Well, on Vijay Malia's point of fair share, yes, that is absolutely true. And I still remember how we keep calling Force India as world champions for the best bang for the buck spent. And uh, in the whole Force India civil war that that ensued after the race, I loved Esteban Ocon's post-race message. He was calm, composed, and he just simply said, my time will come. That was just so powerful.
0: You seem to be very much in love with Esteban Ocon, (laughs) Kunal, I'm wondering if he's the new color signs in your life. Don't blush.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell you this, Force India aren't missing my good friend Nico Hulkenberg for the first time in many years. So that's actually a good sign for Esteban Ocon, and Canada was a brilliant advertisement of his talent.
0: I'm looking forward to what Ocon's going to do in the races to come. Kunal, since we started with Max Verstappen, I'm going to go back and talk about him. What the hell is he so fed up about in just three races? <laughs> I mean, if he's fed up, we can't even imagine what Fernando Alonso must be feeling. Like, ouch.
1: <laughs> so Michael Douglas, who we all know as an actor, but I remember him as Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones' husband, he, he thinks that Alonso is going to quit Formula 1. Ross Braun says that he will not broker a deal for Alonso for a better cockpit. And Honda doesn't seem like they'll win before September. So, frankly, it does seem like Alonso will go. Now, will it be to another team or to the IndyCar Series? I don't think anyone is sure, including himself.
0: (laughs) Alonso has anyway said that a full IndyCar season is possible in 2018. That would be really exciting, but I really hope not. Very selfishly, because Kunal, we are going mad covering Formula 1 and Lemoore soon enough, <laughs> I can't imagine what having another series on our hands is going to do to us <laughs> and our social life, my god.
1: Oh man, you're right and uh, talking of Alonso and IndyCar, he actually brought some of the IndyCar tricks uh, to Formula 1 in Canada. So his radio messages were very spot on. He was urging McLaren or rather forcing them to say you're not giving me useful information. <laughs> and then his walk back to the pits via the grandstands. He almost stole the limelight away from Hamilton's win and uh, Sebastian Vettel's chase.
0: That was really awesome. In fact, he said that he went to the fans because they were too far away from the action in Montreal. (laughs) Fernando, we're also really far away, sitting all the way in India, you know, hint, hint.
1: (laughs) This just shows one thing that while Fernando Alonso is extremely well-talented for Formula One and for IndyCar, He is probably well prepared to join the FOM of Formula 1 management too, if he wishes.
0: (laughs) The business side
1: of Formula 1. Sorry, the ah, business side ah, of Formula 1. Yes,
0: indeed. So, something really funny also, you know, since we're at the McLaren-Honda joke of the day section. So, while Honda is clearly not capable of winning races, McLaren won a race. So, Kunal, this is not a joke. McLaren finished first in the F1 Raft race at Montreal. And it's really so cool that the new owners are bringing back these cool historic events, you know, purely for fun and engagement and letting McLaren win something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but McLaren, for the first time, had an advantage that no other team had in the F1 raft race. They actually have an Olympic silver medalist on their team and I'm pretty sure that he dug deep to get McLaren a, a victory finally in Formula <laughs> 1. And um, interestingly, even the FOM and the FIA had their teams participate in this race. But a massive shame on Ferrari and on Mercedes for not participating. I mean, I know you guys are entertaining the fans on track much more than any other teams are doing so. (laughs) But I don't know why y'all are not entertaining them off track as well. I would have so loved to see a Ferrari and a Mercedes team as well. And I, I, I somehow get a feeling both the Ferrari drivers would have possibly been a part of these F1 raft races. Well. <laughs> I've
0: seen Kimmy race like um, lawnmowers and I don't know what else. So <laughs> right up his alley.
1: And uh, hats off to FOM for actually releasing the driver briefing video from Monaco. It was such an insightful session. I loved every minute of this.
0: I know, it was like a classroom. <laughs> I'm pretty miffed that they won't be releasing any more of this anytime soon. But uh, yeah. fingers crossed.
1: Thank you for teasing us, Mr. FOM. But uh, <laughs> I'm not yet done with McLaren-Honda. A divorce seems increasingly apparent. And uh, if you notice, McLaren have consciously started to distance themselves from Honda. So there are deadlines that are being discussed in public there is disappointment that is being aired publicly and i somehow get a feeling mclaren are trying i somehow get a feeling that mclaren are trying to salvage their legacy from this nightmare of a partnership
0: i don't blame them in fact honda had their best publicity moment i think in years This is when Lewis Hamilton was presented with a Senna helmet in Canada for his 65th pole. (laughs) And basically, this helmet was from when Senna was racing uh, in the Honda team. In
1: 1987. Yeah, Yeah, like a long time ago. (laughs) That was before you were born. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, I'm just wondering if this means that Sebastian Vettel will get a Michael Schumacher helmet.
1: Yeah, I want a Michael Schumacher helmet. I mean, I have no poll, but okay. (laughs) But the strange part here is, so Ross Braun has refused to help Alonso, but he's offered to help Honda. And somewhere this doesn't make sense to me, because for the immediate future of Formula 1, I personally believe that Formula 1 needs Alonso a little more than it needs Honda.
0: I agree. I think this would also be at the apt time to discuss that McLaren could think of Mercedes or even Renault engines. Honestly, at least they'll get to finish races or finish more races if you're Max Verstappen in the Renault engine. Yeah,
1: and I also will go back to my recommendation, which of course Mark Gallagher tweeted during the Canadian Grand Prix weekend that Alonso should consider a switch to the Williams Formula One team. Let's remember, they're an iconic former world champion team, much like McLaren is. And frankly, Williams would absolutely love it because they need an older driver for Martini. We know that. That's why Massa was called back from his short retirement. And we also know that Alonso is easily a few tenths quicker than Felipe Massa.
0: Which basically means that Williams would have been in Red Bull Racing territory as (laughs) far as (laughs) timings go.
1: Which then makes me urge Sir Frank Williams to go sign on Fernando. Alonso. While I'm doing that with Frank Williams, you should go and urge Fernando Alonso to sign up with
0: Williams.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so on the whole choice that McLaren could have with either a Renault or a Mercedes engine, at least on our podcast, I would suggest that uh, McLaren go with Renault because Eddie Jordan has said that Mercedes could leave in 2018. And you know what they say about what Eddie Jordan says.
0: <laughs> that sounds like Mercedes doing a Rosberg on us, you know, just disappearing. But funnily enough, Toto Wolf has said that Rosberg could make a comeback. And he says that this comeback could be to Formula One with Ferrari. Out. That is a very strange statement. I mean, I would have dismissed it completely if it wasn't coming from Toto Wolf. And Rosberg himself has denied any sort of comeback you know, Michael Schumacher style or Jensen Button style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mean a few seasons or one race altogether. Yeah. But maybe this was Wolf's way of actually telling Rosberg that don't even think of a comeback because I'm not considering you for Mercedes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm thinking that Nico Rosberg could maybe do, you know, Formula E and then be the first driver ever to be a Formula 1 and a Formula E champion. Wow. That's
1: a good thought. And Mercedes is incidentally joining Formula E next season onward. So it could be very well-timed, Nico, if you want uh, to actually be the first driver to be winning in both series. and uh, But what's not strange to me is Lewis Hamilton saying that Valtteri Bottas is a much better teammate than Nico Rosberg was. And he actually went on to say that Valtteri supports me so well. And,
0: <laughs> and doesn't try and get past <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> and frankly, I just did not read any further of that comment or quote. And uh, I also believe that this raises Rosberg's uh, declining stock uh, even further, even <laughs> during his retirement.
0: Hamilton also said that his relationship with Alonso was toxic.
1: Wow. <laughs> Basically, any teammate who uh, tried to beat him or give him a hard time, or gave him a hard time rather, since both of these are now in the past, isn't Hamilton's favorite, and I think that's only natural.
0: Yup, so Kunal, any final thoughts on the week that was and obviously on Canada? Uh,
1: yes, Kevin Magnussen, brilliant eyesight. He spotted a Ferrari cap on the track and reported it before anyone else could.
0: I'm just wondering, what if that cap was lodged in Lewis Hamilton's car? Someone would have definitely said that it was like sabotage by Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> but Hamilton said that Canada was a blow for Ferrari and that's an interesting thought.
1: I actually doubt it because Ferrari know that they were beaten on luck and not on pace, which is good news for Ferrari and for us. But Canada also showed how Formula One badly needs Ferrari or any other team to compete with Mercedes because otherwise it would have been a boring race. And what Canada proved was that the margins for victory are also so narrow because had Max Verstappen not clipped Sebastian Vettel's wing, who knows what could have happened.
0: I know the race was such a cracker. I'm actually so glad that Canada will be around till 2029. So that's a mega 12-year deal that's been struck with them. Obviously, Formula 1 loves Canada. Canada loves Formula 1. And we love both of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know if... I can't remember, rather, when the last time was a 12-year extension deal signed on with a circuit. But that is brilliant news anyway. And uh, since we're on the topic of... Canada loves Formula One. It probably loves Formula One a little more after they saw Lance Troll, uh, their local boy, score his maiden points at his home race. So congratulations!
0: Congratulations! I was so happy. You know, he raced hard. He overtook drivers, and importantly, he stayed away from crashing into the wall of champions.
1: <laughs> and finally, I hope that Lance actually earned some money back. For scoring the team some points. Let's remember, <laughs> at this moment, he's been paying the team to race. A few points would have meant that he earns a, a fraction of all the money he's paying back.
0: Well done, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> the other driver who raced really, 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 really hard was Sebastian Wettel. Of course, we didn't get a Hamilton versus Wettel battle on track, but we surely got a battle of Wettel versus, you know, the rest of the grid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh, Vettel actually uh, won the driver of the day, something I don't agree with. For me, it should have been Esteban Ocon. Of course, Kunal. But talking <laughs> of Vettel's overtakes, you know, it was not too long ago where Vettel was known for his inability to overtake cars on track. So I'm glad we've somewhere crossed that. You
0: know, he's come a long way. Well. Yeah.
1: So I'm glad that, you know, he's come along well and he's now not remembered for that bad statistic. And uh, the other news is that uh, Robert Kubica, he is now attempting a heroic comeback. To Formula 1 So we speculated this in last week's episode But guess what Between last week and this week Kubitsa himself has confirmed his interest in making a comeback
0: Wow, that would be so awesome And honestly, you know To have a driver of his calibre and talent join Formula 1 In this case, rejoin You know, that would be amazing So fingers crossed Yeah, and the
1: easiest thing that Renault could do Was bring him back in place of Jolly and Palmer so, Yeah, makes sense yeah, Fingers crossed for that uh, but before we end, the 24 hours of Le Mans is upon us this weekend. And uh, we'll actually miss the Audi versus Porsche battle. But I'm so glad that at least Toyota is there in the fight.
0: Oh, and my immediate interest with Audi is the speculation that Kunal Le could join Formula 1 in 2020. Once the new power unit regulations kick in. Wow. Well,
1: the more the merrier. <laughs> and uh, for those who are actually interested in the Lamo, we actually have an interview with Indian Lamo driver or former Indian formula driver and now a Lamo specialist, Karun Chandok, that's going to go live in the next couple of days. So, like I said before, remember to subscribe to us and uh, we'll see you in the week before Azerbaijan. Thank you.